What up, son? It's the tale of the tapes. The fuck life. Saying. Tale of the tapes, season two, episode thirty. Continuing on here with the beautiful fall weather. I got the windows open again. So today on the podcast, we have Southern Hip Hop Duo Outcast. So the group and all its hip hop albums will count as both members of the group did qualify. However, each member will be receiving individual scores as there were solo projects and there was definitely room for different scores with these guys. I'm not saying they didn't work well together, but for sure these were two different artists that were good in different areas and, you know, a little bit weaker in different areas. So there was definitely room for these guys to get different scores. Now, before I get into any facts or info or anything like that on Outcast, we have a thing we do on here that we've been doing. I'm going to continue doing this. Allow me to get into some of my personal history and opinions on the group and its two members. So that way you can at least know where I was coming from when we get into the actual facts and info about the group. Because a lot of times the facts and info or the scoring are a complete 180 of maybe what I expected or what I hoped or something like that. So I just like to get my personal opinion out of the way right away and then get into the other stuff later. So in general, I was never really a big fan of Outkast. I, I was I would definitely not call myself an Outkast fan. I didn't hate them. I remember having one of their albums, I believe, and I really wasn't a giant fan of it. I had the album for years. I, I never really got into it. I liked like one or two songs. That being said... I wasn't really into Southern hip-hop then, nor am I really into it now either, but I presently have more of a respect and appreciation for what each region brings to the table than I used to. Um, as far as each member is concerned, I never thought either of them were very good, and although Andre seemed to be the standout to me, he still always seemed to be extremely overrated in my opinion. So, first we'll get into the group as a whole with some info and stuff like that, and then we'll get into each member individually. So, Outkast as a group who had their debut album in 1994, also known as Two Shades Deep. Origins listed as Atlanta, Georgia, United States. The genres are listed as Southern Hip Hop and Progressive Rap. The years active are listed as 1992 to 2007 and then 2014. And their past members are listed as Andre 3000 and Big Boy. We'll get into the years active in the past members in a minute after we go over some background on Outkast as a group. So Outkast is an American hip-hop duo formed in 1992 in East Point, Georgia, consisting of Atlanta-based rappers Andre 3000 Benjamin, formerly known as Dre, and Antoine Big Boy Patton. Widely recognized for their intricate lyricism, memorable melodies, and positive messages, Outkast is often regarded as one of the greatest and most influential hip-hop acts of all time. The duo achieved both critical acclaim and commercial success from the mid-1990s to the early 2000s, helping to popularize southern hip-hop while experimenting with diverse genres such as funk, psychedelia, jazz, and techno. Benjamin and Patton formed the group as high school students in 1992. Outkast released their debut album Southern Playlist to Cadillac Music in 1994, which gained popularity after the single Players Ball reached number one on the Billboard Hot Rap Tracks chart. 
with successive releases including AT Aliens in 1996 and Equemini in 1998, the duo further developed their sound, experimenting with a variety of styles and achieving commercial success. In 2000, Outkast released the critically acclaimed Stankonia, which included the singles Miss Jackson and B.O.B. In September of 2003, the duo released the double album Speaker Box The Love Below, which featured number one singles Hey Ya and The Way You Move. The album won the Grammy Award for Album of the Year and was certified Diamond by the Recording Industry Association of America. Outkast next released the soundtrack for the 2006 musical film Idlewild, which they also starred in. In 2007, the duo went on hiatus and both members have since pursued solo careers. In 2014, Outkast reunited to celebrate their 20th anniversary by performing at more than 40 festivals worldwide beginning at the Coachella Festival in April. The duo is one of the most successful hip-hop groups of all time, having received six Grammy Awards. Rolling Stone ranked them number seven on its list of the 20 greatest duos of all time. Between six studio albums and a greatest hits release, Outkast has sold over 25 million records. Meanwhile, they have garnered widespread critical acclaim with publications such as Rolling Stone and Pitchfork Media listing albums such as Equemini and Stankonia among the best of their era. So a couple of different things there. We can certainly see some impact and originality off the bat with their Southern movement and just all the different experimenting with different genres and things like that. So you kind of get a feel from this background right here of what kind of group they are and what kind of artists they are. We also see a Diamond album, and I think it's noteworthy to bring up that while most of their music is primarily hip-hop, they do also do other music as well. So, versatile artists here for sure. Also, six Grammy Awards to go along with their Diamond album, so definitely much success for the group for sure. And just to point out, as we spoke about, I said earlier that after the breakdown, I would get back into the, the years active and the members and stuff like that. So just to point out, we spoke about the members. They're listed as past members as we see the group disbanded in 2007 and reunited in 2014 for a 20th anniversary tour of sorts, but never really got back together and made new material or anything like that. So onto its members individually. So we're going to start off with Big Boy because he was the first one to have a hip-hop solo project out, which came out in 2010. Birth name is Antoine Andre Patton, born February 1st, 1975 in Savannah, Georgia, United States. His genres are listed as hip-hop, instruments are listed as vocals and keyboards, and his years active are listed as 1992 to present. So let's read a little bit of a background on Big Boy individually. Antoine Andre Patton, born February 1st, 1975, better known by his stage name Big Boy, is an American rapper, songwriter, actor, and record producer, best known for being a member of the southern hip-hop duo Outkast alongside Andre 3000. Outkast released six studio albums. Big Boy's solo debut, Sir Lucius Leftfoot, the son of Chico Dusty, was released in July of 2010 to critical acclaim. He released his second studio album, Vicious Lies and Dangerous Rumors, in 2012. Boomiverse, his third studio album, was released in June of 2017. So, not too much there on Big Boy personally, as most of his successes and accomplishments came with Outkast as a group, and we kind of don't hear, aside from, you know, 
his solo albums that he put out and when they came out, we don't really hear anything aside from him being alongside Andre or in the group Outkast and stuff like that. And we just went through Outkast credentials, so not much to add here for Big Boy individually. So now let's get into my breakdown that I wrote down after I was done listening to and scoring Big Boy. I may have had a couple of Outkast albums growing up, but can't say I personally ever enjoyed much of their music on the albums. It was usually only a song or two here and there. Putting all that aside and just focusing on the technical aspects of the music, I wasn't a giant fan of being told how original and positive this duo was and then hearing some of the gunplay talk on their early albums. There were also some opportunities for really great artistic verses that weren't met due to lack of being able to keep a particular topic through a whole verse on most songs, especially early on. Overall, Big Boy was average lyrically and both were pretty inconsistent. A lot of times, a dope line would be followed by a half-assed one, a dope verse would be followed by a subpar one, and so on. Big Boy particularly had instances where he didn't rhyme at all, but oddly enough seemed to get better on most of his solo work. Altogether, he qualified nine albums for scoring, five with Outkast, three solo, and one solo EP. Of those nine, two were average and the other seven were good. Of the 123 songs registered, none were great, 17 were good, and three were weak. As far as impact is concerned, Outkast as a duo was more prominent than Big Boy was alone, but he did have influences on artists such as Master P, C Murder, and a couple of others. Originality is where Big Boy, along with his partner, really shined. Yes, they were Southern to the fullest, but they did it in their own way from their image to their song style and deliveries to the style of lyrics, etc. So, doesn't sound like the most positive breakdown there for Big Boy, but let's get into the math and see how the math added up for him. So, lyrics he gets a 5, like I spoke about, he was average lyrically. And this honestly was mostly due to inconsistencies. I mean, I don't think that Big Boy was technically capable of taking it to a certain level, but he definitely was capable of having verses that were certainly above average for sure, but he definitely certainly had verses that were below average for sure as well. So I felt that the inconsistencies kind of evened out and altogether he was average lyrically. Albums, he gets a 3.67 with zero classics. Songs, he gets a minus 0.24, like I spoke about. I, he had 123 songs. Um, none of those songs were great. He did have 17 good songs, but he also had three weak songs. And as you know, we pin the great songs against the weak songs, the highest against the lowest. Everybody's going to have average songs. Everybody's going to have good songs. Yes, those will raise your overall album scores and things like that. But when we're talking about specifically just songs, we're pinning the percentage of great songs minus the percentage of weak songs. There were no great songs. Only three weak songs out of 123, which is not a lot. You know, he's only losing a quarter of a point, which again is not a lot. But you don't want to lose points where you could be gaining points. So, Impact Big Boy gets a 6. And I just want to point out a couple of things here. I think that Outkast as a group probably is closer to like a 7 on their Impact. And that has to do with you know, helping to put the Southern movement on the map and things like that. And also to do with, you know, some of the major successes they've had. They had a diamond album. They've won six Grammy awards. They definitely come with very high praise from not only a lot of people in the hip hop industry, but a lot of magazines and, you know, just random hip hop fans and stuff like that. Outcast definitely does come highly touted. So 
I think that Outkast as a group has a higher impact than probably either of its members individually. But I think that Andre probably the standout and gets a little bit more credit than Big Boy does. But listen, you know, Big Boy did have some influences on other artists and he still was a part of the Outkast group. So again, you kind of have to factor in Big Boy's impact score as an individual, as just an artist himself. And then you kind of have to mix that with Outkast's impact score. And you got to kind of meet in the middle because, yes, this is about him. And his impact score might not have been up that high just by himself. But he also was 50% of this duo whose impact score was pretty high. So both of those things have to be kept in mind. He gets a 6, which is definitely an above average score. It's nothing absurd or ridiculous. It's no 9 or anything like that. But it is an above average score. And I think it's warranted here for Big Boy originality he gets a nine and again there's not much of a way around that the both of these guys were super original for sure i mean almost everything about them was original the, their image was pretty original um their deliveries both were pretty original their overall sound was pretty original and again they were southern to the fullest which is not necessarily original because they are from the south but they just did so many typical southern things in their own way and you could tell that they prided themselves on their originality they were purposely trying to make different music they experimented with different genres they mixed different things together so outcast as a group very very original and unique and big boy as uh an individual and an artist himself also very very original and unique so he gets a nine in that department you add all those five numbers up and you divide by five and it gives you a final rating of 4.69 which puts big boy in 61st place of 181 artists done overall so that's not necessarily a great finish, and it probably sounds even worse because we're not even halfway through yet. So you have to, you know, if you do the math, I mean, you're looking at Big Boy probably being somewhere near the 200 mark or maybe between 150 and 200, but he's in the top third essentially right now. I mean, he's right around there. He might be right outside the top third, but he's right around that top third, and I think that's fair, man. I mean, Big Boy, not like a crazy, ridiculous lyricist. And, you know, they have the Diamond album and they had a lot of popularity and they come with high praises and stuff like that. But we also have to keep in mind, and I spoke about this earlier on in the episode, these guys are not really just rappers. Yes, most of their music is primarily hip-hop, but they definitely do other genres of music. And even in the hip-hop they create, they mixed so many other things in with it and made it so much so their own sound that they probably had plenty of people that weren't necessarily hip-hop fans that still listened to or liked their hip-hop music. And then to take that even a step further, there are definitely people who are not necessarily not only hip-hop fans in general, but maybe not even necessarily a fan of Outkast or Big Boy or Andre's hip-hop music but are a fan of their other genres or whatever like that. So it's similar to the Fugees in a certain sense where, yes, they've accomplished a lot, and yes, they come with high praise and critical acclaim, but we do have to be realistic and keep in mind that not all of that is due to their hip-hop music. So 61st, I mean, to be quite honest with you, me personally, I didn't really even expect Big Boy to finish that high. So the fact that Big Boy is in the top third 
is a little bit surprising to me. But again, it is what it is. I don't judge these guys based on how much I like them and how much I enjoy their music. I break down all the technicalities, the facts, and the concrete black and white things that they did or didn't do. And I add the math up, and this is what I come to. So not a great finish for Big Boy, but not a bad finish for Big Boy either. And definitely above where I thought he would finish. So now let's get into Andre, the other member of the group who... I, I This probably goes without saying, but this dude comes very, very highly praised from a lot of people. Um, I will tell you that my cousin was one of the people who spoke very highly of Andre 3000 and thought I would be very presently su surprised with Andre 3000. Um, before I get into any of his math, let's get into a little bit of info and background on Andre 3000. Now, before I even get into that, I do want to just point out that when I start people, especially members individually, you know, I gave the, the date of the, when the group had their debut album. I also gave the date of when Big Boy had his first solo album, which was 2010. I'm not sure if anyone, well, I shouldn't say anyone because I'm sure Outkast and Andre fans are very well aware of this, but I'm not sure if your average listener or average hip hop fan or whatever is aware of the fact that Andre 3000 has zero hip-hop solo work at all, period. I wasn't even really aware of that going into this. I was expecting a lot more hip-hop material from Andre 3000 in general, especially considering some of the high praise that I got on him before I got into this. So we'll get into that a little bit more, but I just wanted to point out there is no date for Andre's first solo album because he never had a hip-hop solo album. So... Let's get into some info on Andre 3000 and then we'll talk more on that. His birth name is Andre Lauren Benjamin, also known as Johnny Vulture, Andre 3K, Dre, Sonny Bridges, Three Stacks, Benjamin Andre, and Dookie Blossom Game the Third. I've never heard that one and I don't even know what that means, but these are the aliases that are written down for Dre. And Dre is definitely, like I said, these guys are unique and original characters, so that alias doesn't surprise me at all. Born May 27, 1975 in Atlanta, Georgia, United States. His genres are listed as hip-hop, R&B, funk, and jazz. Instruments are vocals, guitar, and keyboards, and years active in 1992 to present. So, I want to bring something up really quickly. Um, we covered, I believe Everlast was probably the first person that we covered that it, it came to my attention that Everlast was one of the few people that could rap, sing, and play an instrument and do all three successfully. I'm sure there are plenty of people in the world that can rap, sing, and play an instrument. I'm not doubting that at all. What I wanted to know was how many people were able to do all three of those things successfully. I remember Everlast being the first person, and I don't know if it ever got brought up on his episode because I think I didn't realize it until later on. And the reason that I'm pointing this out right now is we're starting to see a string here. I had this conversation with my cousin and we both agreed, you know, Everlast can't be the only one that, that was successful with all three. There has to be other people out there, but off the top of our heads, we couldn't really think of who. And that kind of made the point that I was trying to make of the fact that we can't even really think of anyone off the top of our heads when I'm sure there's people. It just goes to show you how rare it is. And now I would say over the past month or so, We've had at least three or four artists that have popped up here that can do all three. We had um, Wyclef and Lauren Hill from the Fugees, both able to rap, sing, and play at least one instrument. Today here, we have, you know, 
you got keyboards listed with Big Boy, and yes, that could be just MIDI and making beats and stuff like that, which I personally don't really consider that to be playing an instrument. You can create music, and that's a skill, and you know he may very well be great at that, but I don't really consider that to be playing an instrument. I could be wrong about that, but nonetheless, Dre here also plays guitar on top of the keyboards, and definitely sings. I've heard him sing on multiple songs. A lot of people are also not aware that that double disc album, that second album, the Dre album, the Love Below, because they're released as a single for each person, right? So Speaker Box is a big boy album, and the Love Below is an Andre album. They were just put out together as a duo, but that Andre album is not a hip-hop album. So... Dre definitely able to do more than one thing or more than two things, I should say, and do all three of them successfully. So I just wanted to point that out. Um, hats off to him for that, for sure. And hats off to any other artists out there that can do these three things because it's definitely rare, although we are seeing a lot more of it recently. Um, and then the last thing is his years active listed as 1992 to present. So now let's read up on a little bit of a background here on, on Andre 3000. Andre Lauren Benjamin, born May 27th, 1975, better known as Andre 3000, is an American rapper, singer, songwriter, actor, and record producer. He is best known for being a part of Southern hip-hop duo Outkast alongside fellow rapper Big Boy. Many publications such as Billboard and Showbiz Cheat Sheet, among many others, have listed Andre 3000 as one of the top 10 rappers of all time. As an actor, Benjamin has made appearances in several films and television series, including Families, The Shield, Be Cool, Revolver, Semi-Pro, High Life, Four Brothers, and in the lead role of Jimi Hendrix in All Is By My Side. He currently plays Fred Wynn on the AMC anthology series Dispatches From Elsewhere. In addition to music and acting, he has also been an entrepreneur and advocate for animal rights. In the spring of 2008, he launched a clothing line called Benjamin Bixby. He is also known for his work on the Cartoon Network animated series Class of 3000, which aired from 2006 to 2008. In 2013, Complex included Benjamin on its list of the top 10 best rappers of the 2000s. In 2015, Billboard included Benjamin on its list of the 10 greatest rappers of all time. So... Obviously a bit more there for Andre personally, even outside the group, than there was for Big Boy. Um, the guy is involved in so many different things and has been relatively successful in all of them to a certain extent. So shout out to Andre for that, for sure. Obviously a very complete artist in more ways than even just music. We also see a lot of high praise, as I spoke about earlier, but... A lot of high praise coming for Andre here from a lot of different sources. And I just want to touch on this again briefly before I get into my breakdown of Andre. This is not an uncommon thing. It's just not magazines and things like that that have Andre high on the list of all-time greats. Eminem also had him in his personal top 10. And so do many other hip-hop artists and hip-hop heads. So without giving too much away, I just want to say that this is similar to last week. With a lot of acclaimed lists having Nas very high on their list, only this one I have to strongly disagree on. So let's get into my breakdown of Andre 3000 and we'll discuss why. Let me first start off by saying that Andre 3000 was, up to this point, the biggest letdown and I will say most overrated rapper thus far. 
While he had his fair share of some decent lines and some well-thought-out points, the level that other people have held this man to was simply not met. There were hardly any mind-blowing lines and way too many run-on bars where his deeply thought points and poetic attempts were just not delivered in the correct fashion. Overall, he was just above average lyrically. I did not realize, however, how small Andre's official body of work was. He only qualified three hip-hop albums with OutKast and not a single solo hip-hop project. Of the 40 hip-hop songs he's put out, none were great, but only one was weak while another six were good. OutKast as a whole is a pretty household name, at least to hip-hop heads, and even without any solo work, Andre's name by itself is probably just as popular, which is saying something. However, he did also only have clear influences on artists such as Master P, C Murder, Silk the Shocker, and a few others. Originality was the category where Andre truly shined. From his voice, to his flow and rhyme style, to his delivery, image, and message, Dre was certainly one of a kind and ahead of his time. So a little bit of mixed reviews there in that breakdown, and I think this is warranted. You see me right off the bat claiming that Andre is super overrated and I don't agree with the high praise he's getting, but we also do see some very, very positive things. And I do actually praise Andre for my own things. It's just not for his lyrics. So let's get into the math and then we'll talk about that. Lyrics, he gets a five and a half. Now, I want to spend a bit of time on this for a second because his, his lyrics and his bars and his music were so littered with run-on bars so badly that the fact that this guy even finished above average lyrically at all, it definitely does go to show you how intelligent he was and how he was able to make some very strong, valid, deep points and put them in certain ways that it was able to slightly overcome all these run-on bars. Now, that's not to say that he had more dope lines than run on bars because when it came to Andre, whether it was his style or whatever it was, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what's going on. What matters is what you're doing. I can only score what you're doing and what he did was so, so littered with run on bars and allow me to give you an example here really quickly. I've discussed run on bars again, but it was done so often in Andre's music that I want to make a point. I'm sitting here. I'm going to just say random shit. So let's say that I say, I'm sitting at my desk right here and I'm staring at a bottle of water. And then my next bar obviously has to rhyme with water or bottle of water, depending on how many syllables I'm going for. But it has to rhyme with the end of that first bar. What Andre does is, let's just say, for example, water. All right, I'm trying to sit here and freestyle. Water, 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 like taller, what? You know, and you, all right, forget water. I'm going to use a different word. I'm sitting here at this desk and I'm staring at a bottle of water. Staring. Karen. Karen rhymes with staring. All right. So I'm sitting here at this desk staring at a bottle of water. You tell me that I suck, but I'm really not Karen. Okay. So there are so many times where he just picks a random word in this bar to rhyme and it doesn't land on any particular beat count. And it's very hard for me to explain if you don't make music, then you don't probably don't really understand, but it's just such an easier way to do things. If you can just pick any word 
out of your sentence and randomly rhyme any other word in your next sentence with it, you're always going to be successful at that. This is the English language. Words just rhyme. So it's not just about things rhyming when you're rapping. It's about putting your rhymes in certain places. It's about rhyming a certain amount of syllables. It's how many rhymes can you fit. So there's so many, so many things going on. So for you to just randomly rhyme random words that are mid-sentence and shit like that, and then I'm supposed to turn around and say, wow, this is mind-blowing. The fact of the matter is, coming from a writer, it's not mind-blowing. It's much easier. It's much, much easier to do that. So yes, Dre had some amazing points, some valid points, some strong points. He had some dope lines for sure. And that's why I gave him an above average score. But we also have to keep in mind that he didn't really seem to be able to do these things without taking these shortcuts and these run on bars and stuff like that. So Look at sports, for example, right? Like Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa. I'm not a baseball fan, so don't, you know, take this too literally what I'm saying. But you have a guy who breaks records, right? And then you find out the guy was cheating and the guy that held the original record wasn't cheating. It's like, okay, you broke the record, sure, but you took the easy route to get there. You know what I'm saying? If I go into a bodybuilding competition... And me and this guy do the exact same workouts every day, but he's pumping himself full of steroids and hormones and I'm not, he's going to look better than me at the end. Does that mean he worked harder than me? No. Now I'm not saying that people that take performance enhancers aren't working hard. That's not what I'm saying. But if you have two people that are putting in the same level of effort, but one's on performance enhancers and one's not, he took the easier route and his results are going to be better. So yes, some strong points, some valid points, some dope lines from Dre, but he had to keep taking the easy way out to do these things. So what about the people that don't have to take the easy way out to do these things? If I give Dre an eight lyrically, what do these people get? When they were better lyrically and they didn't have to take shortcuts and use run-on bars to do it. So I just want to make this point and point out how you can't just hear somebody make a strong point or a valid point and then turn around, oh, this guy's one of the greatest rappers of all time. Based on what, bro? Not lyrically, he's not. So let's get into some of his other scores and then see where he finished and then we'll discuss if he's one of the greatest rappers of all time. But talking about lyrics, I'm sorry, but he's not one of the greatest rappers of all time. He's actually not even remotely close. And I am willing to go to the grave with this. I will sit there and debate this with anybody we can, there's only 40 songs. We can sit down and listen to Dre's entire fucking catalog from beginning to end in two hours and we can talk about every bar he spit and you're not going to win this argument with me at all because it is what it is. I'm not making this shit up. I didn't pull it out of my ass. This is the way that he rhymed and he took a lot of shortcuts and run on bars and that's easier to do than to find a way to rhyme what you want to say and make the point that you want to make without having to compromise the technicalities in your lyrics. And for the most part, he wasn't able to do that. Albums, he gets a 3.52 with zero classics. Songs, he gets a minus 0.25, which is almost the exact same score as Big Boy. And interestingly enough, Dre only had the one week song while Big Boy had the three, but Dre also only had the 40 songs in comparison to Big Boy's 120 or whatever it was, which is exactly three times the amount and results in almost the exact same song score. So they both lose just about a quarter of a point. Again, nothing major, but you don't want to lose points in an, in an area where you could be gaining points. And, 
you know, right off the bat, we're through three scores already. And I'm not saying that Dre is doing bad, but these scores are not the scores of one of the greatest rappers of all time. I'm sorry. Impact, he gets a six and a half. And I'll really say the same thing for his impact score, as I said, for big boys. Um, you know, I don't think that individually, either one of them necessarily trumps the group, but Andre a lot closer to being equal with the group or, you know, just about equal with the group where I felt that big boy by himself was a little bit further behind. And again, that's a testament to Andre because he didn't have any solo hip hop work and he only has 40 hip hop songs total. So the fact that he's the more talked about, the more highly regarded, the standout person in the group when he has much, much less material, it says something about him. So he got a little bit higher of an impact score because even though technically he's not that great, there has to be a reason why more people talk about him than Big Boy. And even if I don't agree with it, he still has to get credit for it because it just is what it is whether I agree with it or not. And originality, Dre gets a nine and a half. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't like to give anybody tens in anything. I believe I've given out one ten this entire study. I don't plan on giving out any more. If somebody forces me the way this other guy forced me to give a 10, then, you know, I got to do what I got to do. But I really try not to give zeros or tens to anybody because it just leaves no room for the future. Somebody could be better or somebody could be worse. So I really try not to give out any tens or any zeros, but, uh, Dre not far from a 10, man. I mean, had he had more material and, you know, had some more original like song ideas where he had some song ideas about really out of this world things and stuff like that, he had everything else going for him. So I take nothing away from him at all in that department or even overall as an artist. But to say this guy is one of the greatest rappers of all time is a little bit baffling to me. So you add all those five numbers up and you divide by five and that gives you a final rating of 4.95, which leaves Andre 3000 in 42nd place of 181 artists done overall. So he does finish higher than big boy. Um, you know, it's not a dramatic difference, but a significant amount, about 20 spots ahead of big boy. And we're a little bit past a third of the way through. So that could wind up being a little bit more like 50 spots that they're separated by when this is all said and done. Um, but I, I do want to point out a couple of things here and this is not to shit on Dre, but let's just be real here. Okay. Look at Dre's scores. Does it matter that Dre is a very original artist? Of course it does. If it didn't matter, then I wouldn't have an originality category in here. So surely it matters. Everything matters. Everything that you do matters, whether it's good or it's bad. I also feel that everything that you could possibly do can fall under one of these five blanket categories. I've spoke about this before. I won't get too into it right now, but somebody asked me why voice is not a category. I said, bro, I can't give somebody a score on their voice. All I can tell you is whether I like their voice or not. And I don't want to base scores on whether I like something or not. But is somebody's voice included in this study? Absolutely it is. It falls under the originality category. So, yeah, he had a distinct voice, a distinct delivery, and all that got in, incorporated into his originality score, which is why, or at least part of the reason why he got a 9.5. So, I'm not trying to downplay the originality category. Everything is, at least in this study, of equal importance. To me, it's not. To me, the lyrics are the most important. The lyrics and the albums and the songs is really all I give a fuck about, for the most part. I don't really care about what your impact was, and 
Originality is 50-50 for me. If you're original and good, that's better than just being good for sure. But if you're original and shitty, I'm probably not going to really enjoy you for the most part unless I just really love your sound and your melodies and I like you as a person, then I might not care about what your skill level is. Or if you don't ever claim to be one of the best rappers ever, then I might not care what your skill level is either as long as I like the sound. But when people talk about how good they are at rapping and then they suck, it just turns me off to them and I can't listen to them brag about how good they are when they're not good. So I do think that I had a little bit of a salty taste in my mouth with Andre because so many people told me how good he was and then I'm listening and I'm like, this guy is not that good and it's just kind of turning me off to everything because it's just, I keep being told how good he is and then he's not that good and it's just annoying me. Um, But that's just personal preference. That, again, that doesn't have anything to do with my scoring. But the reason that I'm saying all this about the categories is because nobody's really gonna just turn around and say... Listen, I shouldn't say nobody. I've learned in this world, especially lately, people will do anything. People will do really dumb shit. So I shouldn't say nobody is going to turn around and say this, but most people would never turn around and say somebody like ODB is the greatest rapper of all time. He might be your favorite. That's fine. I fucking love ODB too. He also might be one of the most original rappers of all time, but you're not going to just say because he's super original that he's the greatest rapper of all time. And if you did, I would have to strongly disagree with you. So a point that I want to make here is let's just say, let's take our top five guys when this is all said and done. And I'm just being totally random here, but let's just say Eminem, Jay-Z, Big Pun, Tupac, and Biggie. Let's just throw those five names out there as our top five finalists, right? Okay, yes. When you look at overall score, there's going to be something separating them, right? But let's say that they're all really close and it's like, and I've told you this before in this study, I won't argue with somebody switching, you know, a couple of spots. Well, I got this guy at number one instead of number three. Listen, if number one is fucking seven points ahead of number three, then number three, then yeah, I'm going to argue with you about it. But when you're talking about 0.02 or even 0.15 and things like that, these are very, very small margins that could easily be changed by one album or one score being changed and stuff like that. So... My qualms with people is not necessarily that you have to have every guy in the exact spot that I put him in, but don't tell me the guy that I have in ninth is really like 350th or the guy that I have in 400th place is a top 10 guy. He's not, okay? I'm, I'm not having it. I've sat down. I've studied everybody. You probably haven't. I'm just not having that. We can sit down and talk about it if you want, but you better come very, very prepared because I promise you, you're not going to beat me in that debate. But in a scenario where people are very close to each other, you might want to fuck around. We do different lists in in this podcast, right? I do the best people from each region, um, best people from each decade. So there's all different lists, best lyricists, stuff like that. There's a reason I do this because most of the people that are in this study and made this cut are in here for a reason and excel at maybe one thing, if nothing else. So I feel that everybody should be given their credit in, in the rifle department, right? But when you make claims of somebody being the greatest rapper of all time, and I turn around and I say to you, first of all, I got this guy in 42nd place and we're not even halfway done. So your argument of him being the greatest rapper of all time is absolutely absurd. Second of all, let's take Andre's originality score out of it, right? Because anybody could be original. All you got to do is just be different and be ridiculous or whatever, and you'll be original. That doesn't mean you have to be good. So... 
That's not to say that the originality doesn't mean anything, but just take his originality score away. You're probably looking at a bottom quarter artist here or a bottom half artist here. So it's just insane to me that somebody that finished in 42nd place when we're not even halfway through yet and was quite frankly very heavily carried by their originality score, you are insane for claiming that this man is one of the greatest rappers of all time. I really would absolutely love to have the debate with somebody that really wants to tell me that this dude is one of the greatest rappers of all time. I've had this conversation with my cousin a couple of times. I'm not going to say that he said that that Andre was one of the greatest of all time, but he does love Andre and he thought that I would enjoy Andre. And it's not that I hate Andre, um, but I definitely didn't reciprocate what he thought I was going to reciprocate when I listened to Andre. And I told him, I said, bro, listen, I really strongly urge you to go back and listen to Andre again, not within an ear of enjoying what you're listening to, but a studying ear that's really listening to what he's saying and what he's doing. And then come back to me and talk to me. If you still have the same opinion, we can sit down and we can discuss the numbers and we can we can break it down. But the amount of people that have this guy as one of the greatest rappers of all time is absolutely insane to me. I do think that it's mostly due to the fact that he was able to be extremely original and not be bad, okay? He was above average lyrically and extremely original. Great. Hats off to Andre. He's a tremendous artist, even outside of rapping. But as a rapper, as a whole, I'm sorry, but he is not one of the greatest rappers of all time. He can be your favorite, and that's awesome. I like Andre both as a person, as an actor, whatever. It's I have no problem with Andre 3000. Again, I actually like the dude. But when it comes to just hip-hop and just rapping, he is not one of the greatest rappers of all time. I really hope that I never hear anyone say that ever again. Because it really fuels my fire. And I want to sit down and have an hour-long debate with anybody that says it. So, that being said, let's get into our list. We're obviously going to start with our top 15% overall. Which I think I'm probably going to change to a top 10%. After we're done with 1994. So when we get midway through the 90s. Starting in 1995. We'll see how many people we're through. And we'll see what this list looks like. But I might go down to a top 10%. Because we're getting close to over 20 names here. And we're not even halfway through. So I don't want to keep reading off. Like a tremendous amount of names. And it getting you know boring. Or whatever the case is. So like I said, when we get to 95, we'll see what number we're at. We'll see what our list looks like, and maybe we'll change it to a top 10%. If we do, it'll definitely stay a top 10% for the rest of the 90s, and then I'll decide what we're doing going forward after that. But we're going to stick with our top 15% overall here today, so let's get into that. In our top spot, we now have Nas, who's in fifth place of 181 artists done overall. Behind him in ninth place, we have Black Thought of The Roots. And then directly behind him is Tupac, who's in a three-way tie for 10th place. Behind Pac, tied for 14th, is Pharaoh Manch. And then behind him is KRS-One, who's in 17th. Behind KRS in 21st, we have Jizza. And then a couple of slots back from Jizza, we got Slick Rick, who's in 23rd. A couple of slots back from Slick Rick in 25th is Rakim. And then directly behind Rakim is Redman, who's in 26th place. Directly behind Redman in 27th place is Common. 
And then a couple of slots back from Common is MF Doom, who's in 29th. A couple of slots back from him in 31st is Rev Run of Run DMC. And then directly behind Rev Run, we have LL Cool J, who's in 32nd. A couple of slots back from Cool J in 34th is Will Smith. And then directly behind Will Smith, we have Crazy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony, who's in 35th place. Directly behind him in 36th place is Lazy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony. And then directly behind Lazy Bone is Sticky Fingers of Onyx, who is tied for 37th place. Couple slots back from Sticky, we have DMC of Run DMC and Ice Cube of NWA, who are both tied for 39th place of 181 artists done overall. So not too much to talk about in this one today, as neither of these artists were able to crack our top 15% overall, but there were some minor changes to a couple of names in there. I'm not sure if anybody noticed it or not, but I'll, I'll run it past you really quickly. Last week, Sticky was tied with Crazy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony, and now he's moved back two slots and sits right behind Crazy and Lazy Bone. That was due to an Onyx album that came out after I covered Onyx, which I recently listened to and scored. And that's not to say that it was a poor album. It was a good album. But we also have to remember that everything is the overall body of work. So let's just say, I'm just going to be simple for math purposes. Let's just say that Onyx or Sticky Fingers average album score was a 1.5. If this album comes out and it's a 1.3 it may bring their overall average album score down a little bit. We're talking about Sticky Fingers probably losing like a .03 or some dumb shit like that. And it wound up moving him two places. So obviously not a major difference. He could come out with something else that moves him up four places or back up two places. Or, you know, Bone Thugs could come out with something that moved them down a little bit. We never know. This is an ongoing, never-ending thing. But I will bring up the people that are in our top 15% when they do get moved around a little bit. I will let you guys know. I'm not going to let you know about every single person that moves around every single time. It will just take up too much. It will just take up too much time. And... It's really not noteworthy to bring up when somebody goes from 176th place to 175th place. It's just not worth talking about right now. It's not that we won't get into it. We will when the 90s season ends. I will read off an entire list of everybody that we've covered so far. And you will get an up-to-date list of where everybody currently stands. But up until then, I will only talk about the people in the top 15% that move around. So... Now let's get into our current top 10% lyrically, and there are no changes to this list today either. So in our top spot, we have a three-way tie between Pharaoh Monch, Black Thought, and Nas, who all got lyrical scores of 8.5. Behind them, we have another three-way tie for fourth place between Master Ace, Jizza, and Common, who all got lyrical scores of 7.5. Behind them, we have another tie for seventh place between KRS-One and Lord Finesse, who both got lyrical scores of seven. And then behind them, we have an eight-way tie for ninth place between Will Smith, Rakim, Cool G Rap, Everlast, Tupac, Redman, Sticky Fingers of Onyx, and Lazy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony, who all receive lyrical scores of six and a half. So again, shout-outs to everybody in that top 10% lyrically overall for sure. Those are the bar spitters. I'm, I'm sure that things are going to change in that list eventually going forward. But for anybody that's currently listening now, at least up until 1994, 
Those are your major bar spitters right there. So if I have anybody that's listening for any purposes of just finding some new artists and seeing some guys that are really dope that maybe they never got into or they don't really know about, if you're into lyrics and bars and shit like that, those are your dudes right there for sure. Start nowhere else other than Pharaoh Manch, Black Thought, and Nas. If we're talking later on, we haven't got up to that yet. I can't say that some of these people won't be top, but if you're just following along chronologically, those are your heavy bar spitters up to this point in the study. Now let's get into our particular decades list, starting with our top five rappers to make their debut in the 1980s. So your top five rappers to make their debut in the 1980s are KRS-One, Slick Rick, Rakim, Rev Run of Run DMC, and LL Cool J. The Legends list remains solid week after week. Don't expect that one to change anytime soon. Now, our top five artists to make their debut in the 90s so far, and there are no changes to this list either today. So our top five rappers to come out in the 90s so far are Nas, Black Thought of the Roots, Tupac, Pharrell Manch, and Jizza. So back to our typical ordeal where nobody able to crack the top five of the 90s again. And let's see how long this trend continues for this time, because I remember there was a while where nobody got into this list at all, and then not only did somebody get in, but Nas fucking skyrocketed right to the top of it by a pretty wide margin. So I'm curious to see how long this list stays the same for, and I'm curious to see when it changes, not only who gets in there, but where they fall, because we might have somebody just squeak their way in just get past Jizza, and then he may be ousted soon, or he may stay in forever. We might have somebody do what Nas did and just come in and totally shatter the whole thing and take that top spot. But we're almost halfway through the 90s here, and Nas is in that top spot. So it's quite possible that Nas winds up being the greatest rapper of the 90s. We'll have to see how this list ends off after we're done with the 90s, but that's what it is for now. And now let's get into our list that we started more recently of our top three artists from each region of the country. And we do have some pretty significant changes in here today. So we're going to start with our East Coast. Our top rapper to come out of the East Coast thus far is Nas from Queens, New York. Behind him, Black Thought of The Roots from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And in third, Pharaoh Manch also from Queens, New York. Moving across the country to our West Coast, our top rapper to come out of the West Coast thus far is Tupac from Marin County, California. Behind him, we have Ice Cube of NWA from Los Angeles, California. And in third place, we have Everlast, also from Los Angeles, California. Now, moving down south, our top artist to come out of the south thus far is Andre 3000 of Outkast from Atlanta, Georgia. Behind him, Big Boy, also of Outkast and also from Atlanta, Georgia. And then on our third and final spot, we have Scarface of the Ghetto Boys from Houston, Texas. Moving on to our Midwest, your top rapper thus far to come out of the Midwest is Common from Chicago, Illinois. Behind him, Crazy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony from Cleveland, Ohio. And behind him, Lazy Bone, also of Bone Thugs and Harmony and also from Cleveland, Ohio. So big changes to that South category as both members of Outkast are able to take over the top two spots as the best rappers to come out of the South thus far, ousting Bun B of UGK 
and Willie D of the Ghetto Boys, which now only has Scarface remaining as the sole member. And I just want to point out, it's pretty crazy because we do see a lot of similarities in a lot of this list. So for example, two out of the three people from the East Coast are from Queens, New York. Two out of the three people from the West Coast are from Los Angeles, California, and all three of them are from California in general. Last week, we had the only region that was like this, but we had a region where every single top artist from that region was all from Houston, Texas. This week, two of those guys are not only replaced, but the top spot is taken over, and now we have a scenario where... Houston, Texas is not only outnumbered two to one down there by Atlanta, Georgia, but Atlanta, Georgia holds the two top spots and the two top spots are also held by two members of the same group. So that definitely is pretty impressive. I'm curious to see how long that stays like that for. I mean, if that stays like that forever and Andre and Big Boy wind up being the top two rappers from the South again, that's the point of me naming these lists, right? It sounds like I ream dudes, but you have to understand that I gave what there was and it also was in contrast to what a lot of people tell me or what a lot of people expect to hear. So it sounds like I'm reaming somebody, but I'm not. On the contrary, I'm actually going out of my way to make sure that everybody gets their due praise. And this is a perfect example because we have a guy that I just spoke relatively poorly of and he's number one on one of our lists. And I'll be curious to see if he stays like that. So shout outs to both members of Outcast for taking over the top spots in this list. And uh, shout out to anybody in any of these lists for sure. And especially shout out to Bun B and Willie D for not only being in that spot, but for holding their respective spots for as long as they did. And uh, we'll see how long the current guys can hold their respective spots for going forward. If you'd like to see any of these lists in full, you can give the Facebook website a visit at www.facebook.com slash tale of the tapes podcast. You can also give the host website a visit at www.anchor.fm slash tale of the tapes. Both of those links are spelled completely normally. On the host site, you see a support button. I'd appreciate you guys hitting it so I don't eventually have to put ads on here and take up more of your time and bore you. Um, not why I'm doing this, but if you could do that, greatly appreciate it. It would be very, very helpful. Um, and that'll do it for this week's episode of Tale of the Tapes. And it was another relatively eventful one. Um, nothing too crazy, but we, we did have some of these guys, you know, there were some surprises probably with where some people finished. We also had some people taking over some top spots and certain lists and stuff like that. So pretty eventful episode this week. Next week, we will have J. Rude the Damager and Warren G. So, not the two biggest names there, but two interesting and contrasting characters and styles here. So, tune in next week to see how they fare. Tale of the Tapes. Peace. Tale of the Tapes. Might as well. <laughs>